focus on where Jesus is leading. Take a moment to speak it out loud over your life, your family, and our world. Now, let's read together. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Welcome to Faith Church. Welcome. We're glad uh, you're here with us online and in the room. I, I wanted to just say hello. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Matthew, one of the pastors here at the church, and uh, we'd love to help you take some next steps. If you're kind of checking out the church, you're like, hey, I'd really like to get more involved or connect, maybe meet some people, or how do I begin this process of being a part of this church? Growth track is your first step. It happens uh, the first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday of each month in our growth track room during our 11 o'clock service. And if you have an RSVP, it'll be available today. We're going to do part one. So just stick around and be a part of that. It's about a 45-minute uh, session each Sunday, three steps. You can take them in order, out of order. We just want you to take all three steps. And so if you're looking for a, a next step or your first step as part of our body, that's the way, uh, a great uh, place to get started. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we'll be. We've been in a collection of sermons where we have been kind of walking through the what's known as the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. And we've been walking these through, learning how to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We read it just a minute ago in our corporate reading time. Uh, Jesus said, if you want to love the Lord, it looks like loving him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if you want to know how well you're doing at loving God, he says, look at how well you're doing loving your neighbor. And how we show hospitality and love to one another is a great indicator of how we are loving, where our love for the Lord is at. Are we growing and, and maturing and seeing God move and, and work? That's one of the ways that we can tell that we are growing in the ways of God is that we are growing in our ability to love our neighbor just like we love ourselves. And so we've been walking through these 10 commandments as kind of a, a great rules for relationships. How do we have healthy relationships and love people well? And the Ten Commandments are helping us learn how to do that on a practical, real, tangible way. So uh, the, the commandment we're going to look at today is found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 20. We'll look at the New Testament version of it in Ephesians 4 in just a second. This is what it says in Deuteronomy 5, verse 20. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. When I was in school, um, one of my favorite kinds of tests to take were true-false tests. Any, any other, others of you love that 50% chance of getting it right? Like you just play the odds and, and uh, you really like true-false tests because uh, especially when there were more than 10 questions on the test because you were really playing the odds on that one. If there were only 10 questions, good luck. I love the true-false questions because you got that great opportunity to get it right. And, and a lot of times we're able to know, okay, that is true and that's a lie. Like we can, we can separate that out pretty well, especially in a format like, like a test, if we've heard the information before. The trouble comes when we can't really tell 
between what is true and what is false. Gets a little more challenging, doesn't it? When you're not quite sure if that's true, if you're not quite sure if that's false, if you're not quite sure that they're helping you walk in the right way or if they are manipulating you to go in the way that they want you to go. Misinformation. and You know, we, we live in this world where we have uh, in our hearts and in our lives so much doubt and suspicion when it comes to information from other people. Why? Because we're having a hard time discerning and differentiating between what is true and what is false. We live in a world where you can create any persona you wanna create on social media. You can carefully curate your image to look a certain way, to tell people the story of your life the way you want them to see, and then delete all of the comments and block all the haters if you want to. We can carefully curate our own personas if we want. We, we live in a time when we have access to all sorts of information, but we have been burned so many times that it's hard to trust the source, and we're not sure. And so for many of us, we are sharing things and talking about things and repeating things, but we've actually never gone to the source to verify if that's true or not. Because I heard one time, and I read this thing, and I saw this video, but we've never been able to fully verify who and what, and, and, and it, it's true. Anybody who wants to appear as an expert can appear as an expert on anything. Thank you, YouTube. We, we, we have this ability, and so there is a natural suspicion that grows in each of us, and we, we even take this same approach to God because we're now suspicious of things because I had this one church one time, and I heard this one preacher one time, and this one, and I knew Christians, and I, I've seen them, and I know how they act and how they live, and I don't want nothing to do with those people. And suspicion starts to grow, and now we aren't even sure if we can identify what is true and what is false. And we share things that we think is true because we think it comes from a reputable source, but we don't know the source. We don't know the people. We don't know the things. We don't have any way to verify their integrity and know the things that they talk about. We're just left to assume or, ex or kind of do a search to try to figure it out on our own. James 1.17 says it like this. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, coming from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change, don't miss this, like a shifting shadow. Depending on the time of day and the season you are in, your shadow can look one way. And as time goes, it can be cast in a different way. It's continually changing. You know what's tricky about your shadow is it resembles a whole lot about you and your mannerisms, but it's not the true you. It's a shadow of you. 
And I'm concerned for the church and the people of God that we have lived as a shadow of the way of Jesus rather than embodied and letting Jesus fully transform who we are. We live as a shadow of a follower of Jesus and not as a true follower of Jesus. We, we hear truth and it's true enough that we grab onto it, but the worlds and the winds of our world shift and change and shape and the shadow games are played and we think we're seeing truth, but maybe we're just seeing a shadow of the truth. And what I love is that James is helping us understand, listen, God is the source of our life. And not only is he the source of our life, God is the source of our hope. And not only is God the source of our hope, but God is a God who cannot lie. So you can have confidence in God as your source of truth. He's the source. Friends, I came to tell us today, as we unpack what does it look like to not bear faultlessness to our neighbors, God is a trustworthy source. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God is a trustworthy source. Put it in the chat. God is a trustworthy source, especially a trustworthy source when it, when it comes to our own identity and the validation of who he made us to be. God is the trustworthy source. You can always trust the manufacturer to give you the right information about how it was created to function and live and move. Right? We can trust that source. Look at how the Apostle Paul writes to us in trying to understand what does it look like to, to not bear false witness, to know truth uh, from falsehood. And uh, look, at, look at how Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17, it says this. So I tell you this, and even insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of your thinking, for they are darkened in their understanding. Listen, you've seen the shadow language already? Hearing it illuminated again? In the, in the, in the, uh, uh, the light of these things, darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Some of us are ignorant to what is true because our heart is hard towards God. We'll get to that here in a minute. The hardening of our hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Let me pause for a second. When we do not have spirit sensitivity, we are left to only indulge in selfish sensuality. Let me say it again. When we have lost our ability to live knowing truth, we no longer have spirit sens sensitivity. We only are left to live and to chase and to be guided by selfish sensuality. If it feels good, then it must be true. We're left to just figure it out on our own. And so we use our emotional moments to guide whether it is true of us and true of someone else. And we've given over to this way of living rather than being led by the Spirit to be sensitive to what is true. Verse 20, that, however is not the way of life that you, followers of Jesus, have learned. That's not the way of the follower of Jesus. That's not the way for the Christ follower. 
when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth. Somebody say truth. That is Jesus. How do I know what is true? Is it represented in the life of Jesus? Jesus was true and he embodied his truth and he lived it out. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. He, he was trying to clue us in. Verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. What way of life? The selfish sensuality way of life. You were taught concerning that former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its own deceitful desires, and instead to be made new in the attitude of your mind. I heard it once said, that your mindset matters. I'm really trying to remember where I heard that. Someone ought to write a book. I don't know. They could call it Mindset Matters. If you're new to our church uh, and you're like, that's funny, why? I wrote a book called Mindset Matters. I just want you, it's for sale out there if you want to buy it. Verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on this new self created, listen, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So somewhere along the way, when we discover what is true, Jesus, it leads us to a life of true righteousness and holiness. There's a, a natural progression that's supposed to take place. Therefore, what does that look like? Each of you must put off falsehood. Somebody say falsehood. And speak truthfully to your neighbor. Don't miss this. Why? For we are all members of one body. Deuteronomy tells us to not speak as a false witness against our neighbor. Because the relationship matters. And Paul is writing and telling us to put away all falsehood. Speaking truthfully because we're all members of one body. And something happens when we live in falsehood and deal in falsehood instead of truth. There's something that happens within the body of Christ against the body of Christ and against our neighbors in, which, in the community in which we live. Are we tracking so far? And I think it's important that we remember that the source of truth is God and God is a trustworthy source. Why? Because he doesn't lie. And because God is a trustworthy source, we don't have to be suspicious of him. Because if the source can't be trusted as truth, it creates suspicion, doesn't it? Suspicion has a way of suffocating our relationship with God and our relationship with others. It suffocates our ability to trust another person. When they deal with falsehoods, and they lie, creates suspicion on if I can trust them or not. Ever had someone in a conversation say to you, can I just be honest with you for a second? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Let me tell, I'll tell you the truth, honestly, no lie. Here, and automatically my thought goes to, well, what were you telling me before? <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire, right? Like I automatically go to this, this thought. Like, I don't, can I not trust anything that you've said? I now have suspicion in my mind towards them and about them. Uh, a couple years ago, my daughter and I were having a conversation, and she said something, and then she added this phrase, no cap. I was like, no what? 
She's like, no cap. I was like, oh, you're not wearing a hat. I see. What, what is the point of this? And it was in that moment she rolled her eyes and I had a deep revelation that I was no longer a youth pastor in, con- in perfect contact with what is happening in the culture around us. I have become disconnected and that's a problem. Because there are now words and lingo. I didn't know what they meant. She began to explain to me more excellently the ways of the current society and what no cap meant. I went to an urban dictionary to verify. Because that's where one goes when you don't understand a phrase, no cap. And depending on which version of the urban dictionary you happen to stumble across on the interwebs, you will find various meanings and sources for where this phrase came about. But one search, search found me and landed me in a place where no cap basically means that they're not lying and they're not trying to cover up anything so you don't need to be suspicious about what they're saying. No cap. God is a trustworthy source. No cap. Come on, somebody needs to tweet that out, put it in the chat. I'm not only here to tell you the truth of God's word, I'm here to help you be more culturally relevant. You are welcome, friends. Welcome. Friends, if you're taking notes, I want you you to write this down. Here's the first thought that I think we grab from this text in Ephesians chapter four. Honesty strengthens relationships. Lies weaken the relationship. No cap. Come on. It's going to be like the new amen. People are going to quit yelling, true pastor. They're just going to be yelling, no cap. So what's up? Come on, Trent. We go, we go roll, right? We go roll with this. That's what I'm talking about. Honesty can strengthen a relationship. Lies just weaken the bond, don't they? It weakens it. How can we be people who practice hospitality if we can't be trusted as a source with the words that we speak? How can people trust us when we say, hey, I'm praying for you, when they know that's Christian lingo for, I'm sorry you're dealing with that, but I'm going to forget about it the moment I walk away from this relationship and this conversation. How, how, How can we recognize that honesty within the way we talk to one another and live our lives strengthens the relationship with other people that allows us to express the love of God in a way that is true and real and one they know they can trust rather than one in a way that weakens what they are saying and doing. There are three kinds of uh, uh, lies that we live out, not just with our words, but with our actions. Can, can Can I walk you through what three of these kind of look like? Three things that I know weaken our relationships because they're not true. Number one, hypocrisy. Saying one thing, living another. Showing up on Sunday, proclaiming one thing, but our lifestyle proclaims something different. It's a challenge, it's a struggle. It creates suspicion in the world around us. Now, it's not just a Christian problem. Hypocrisy is a human problem. Every one of us have this tendency to live in a hypocritical way. In fact, none more true or more obvious to me than this. When we get caught doing something wrong, our first initial response as humans is to lie and cover it up. I didn't do it. 
Wasn't me. And we shift the blame. And we shift. We, we, we don't take ownership. You know how, how, how much better it would be if, if when we are wrong, we just admit that we got it wrong? Because now we don't break the relationship. We live with honesty. I, I'm trying to, I keep scratching my head in our world today. Why is it we will continually choose hypocrisy over humility in these moments? 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What do you need when you mess up? You need humility and you need God's grace, but it will be your pride that keeps God, his grace away in your life. So when we live with this hypocritical moment where we get it wrong and we're like, no, I totally botched it. I messed up. That was my bad. I, I really shouldn't have done that. And we make contrition. We make confession. We allow for forgiveness to show up. But most of the time we just cover it up and lie and pretend like it wasn't a big deal or it didn't really happen or it was so-and-so's fault and we didn't really have a role to play in it and we live hypocritically rather than with humility god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble you know what it reminds me of every time i read this verse it reminds me of this little little video clip right here of derrick henry T take a look at this this is what it looks like again and again god resists the proud he stiffs on people who are walking in pride he stiffs this is josh gordon he is the most cocky cornerback in the national football league how do I know? Because he used to play for my Carolina Panthers, and he was one cocky bum. I'm just saying he ran his mouth all the time. And so God resists the proud, like Derrick Henry, straight stiff arm into the ground, over and over. Can't get close to him, over. And why? Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. All right, take that off the screen. Ain't nobody going to pay attention to the word I say from here on out. All the dudes are like, oh, yeah, my fantasy football lineup. Derrick Henry's not in anymore. Like, yeah, 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 right here. Back to the word. Back to the word. We live with hypocrisy. And when we live with hypocrisy instead of humility, what happens? Honesty can strengthen a relationship but lies weak in the relationship. It's not just a hypocrisy, but it's also this pretentious way of living. When we're constantly pretending one way rather than being honest with who we really are. Are, it's a false self that we present to others as well. And we live fracturing and weakening our relationships with others and with God rather than finding the hope and the healing that we need. Healthy relationships like we really long for. Here's the last way in which we kind of break the, the, and weaken our relationships. Why? Because honesty strengthens relationship, lies weaken relationship. Here's Here's this other one, another lie that we live, another way that we do it, it's gossip. Gossip. Here in Ephesians 4, he says, put away or put off all falsehood. F falsehood. F falsehood. G gossip is a shadow of the truth most often with a light of negativity and criticism and slander towards another person's situation or organization, sharing information that you're not the real source of that information, but you act as if you are and you have all knowledge in that way. And you do damage to the community, you do damage to the body of Christ, you do damage to all the relationships when your tongue is full of gossip. This word 
Falsehood in the Greek is the word pseudos. P-S-E-U-D-O-S. Pseudos. It's describing anything false or untrue. Anything false or untrue. The dictionary describes this word pseudo, P-S-E-U-D-O, as not genuine, pretentious, or insincere person. That's falsehood. The, the pseudos. Now, when you get into this idea of giving a false testimony against your neighbor that's talked about here in Deuteronomy and even in this context, this word false testimony against your neighbor is the word pseudomartirio in the Greek. P-S-E-U-D-O-M-A-R-T-Y-R-E-O. It's like this pseudo and martyr merged together in one word. Why? Because when you give false witness against somebody, you do great damage. They become a martyr of your lie. Think about it. Even this idea of, uh, with writers, a pseudoname, right? I'm writing under a different name and identity. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I understand why, why people do that. I get it. But I wonder how many of us have put on the name of Christ, and it's a pseudonym for who we really are. I believe that God wants us to understand that honesty can strengthen our relationship with the world around us, with the people around us, with the church around us, with our own relationship with God. But the lies that we live and speak do great damage and weaken the strength of that relationship. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. separates it because lies break the trust in a relationship. Lies break the trust in a relationship. I, I want to challenge you this week to, to go and read the, the rest of Ephesians chapter 4. Read from verse 17 all the way through verse 32. We, we don't have time to read it today, but, but I want you to pay really close attention as you read that passage this week to the way that your words have an impact on the people and the relationships around you. You've got to, you've got to pay attention to that. It talks about slander and gossip and to put away bitterness. Why? Because bitterness leads you to rage and anger and slander. And it comes from a root of bitterness in our heart. And he says, instead, put on kindness, which leads you to compassion and forgive the exact opposite of what the bitterness will lead you to do. Why? Because it's our words where we're not letting unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, but grace to the person who's listening. So we do not grieve the spirit of God who wants to work in the relationship. Why? Because... Honesty strengthens relationships, but lies weaken the relationship. Here's, here's thought number two for us today. Truth leads us to freedom, but lies create a narrative that navigate our lives towards bondage. I want you to think about it for a second. Truth leads us to freedom. Lies create narratives that navigate our lives towards bondage. Let me read you some verses out of John 8. These are the words of Jesus 
starting in verse 31, he says, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that you shall, be, you shall set us free? We're not a slave at all. Then Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family. Oh, but a son, a daughter, they belong to the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you're free indeed. Skip to verse 44. He's talking back to them. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. He's talking about the devil. There is no truth in him. Fake news, consistent, like no truth. All falsehood, all the time. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. The fruit of his life is lies. If the enemy is opening his mouth, he's spewing something false. I think it's really important that we understand these things, that we can begin to discern the voice of truth, Jesus and the Spirit, and the voice of lies, the thoughts that the enemy would put in your head that are not true. Uh, last year in November, we did a, a, a collection of sermons entitled Hope for Your Home. And in one of those sermons, I preached a message entitled Check Yes or No. I want you to go back this week and watch or listen to that sermon. Just go to our central hub, faithchurchcast.org, click the search bar and type in check yes or no and the message will pop up and you can watch it or listen to it. And in it, I talk to you about the importance of these discerning core lies, these lies that creep into our life that we create agreement with that lead us into more bondage and strongholds. And oftentimes, the lies come to us in the form of our emotions and emotional thoughts. Listen, friends, your emotions are great dashboards. They are a terrible life driver. Pastor, what do you mean? I mean, your, your emotions give you a dashboard as to what's going on into your life. But they are not necessarily the full truth that you need to build your life on. Let me say it another way. Your emotions in a moment will tell you the truth about what you believe. But what you believe might not be true. No cap. You will know the truth, Jesus, his word. And that truth is going to set you free. And he who the sun sets free is actually free. There is a freedom that comes when we live in agreement with the truth that doesn't come any other way. Here's the last thought for us today. It's not just that honesty breaks down the, honesty strengthens a relationship, lies break it down and weaken it. It's not just that, that truth helps navigate our life in the right direction, but lies, they will create a narrative that we begin to believe, a story that we believe about other people, that ourselves often built on suspicion or incorrect 
moments and, and we find ourselves living out a, a dangerous way. It's not just that. There's a bigger thing at play here, friends. You want to know what that is? It's the fact that Christ invites us to be an authentic witness of him to our world. In the Old Testament, it was said like this. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. In the New Testament, Jesus said it like this, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. Jesus is inviting you and inviting me as followers of Jesus, as people who walk in the way of Jesus, to be faithful witnesses of him in our world so that when people look at your life and they look at my life, they see that Jesus is the good source that they can trust. We're called to be faithful witnesses, not false witnesses. To put away falsehood and instead to put on fidelity of a faith that moves us in the direction of Jesus, an authentic faith, an authentic faith. I think one of the greatest disservices we do for others is to be dishonest and pretend in many ways. Critical, we've talked a little bit that, to live in pretense, to put on a show. Uh, My generation has come to a place where You've noticed it in our world that like many people are moving away from this idea of dressing up to go to church. And it's not right, wrong, or indifferent. I, I just think that it's good for us to examine why. I think originally why people dressed up to go to church because they had church clothes. Those were set-apart clothes. Those were, sanct- those, were, those were clothes that were reserved to display, honor, and give God our best. I, I think the heart of that was amazing and good. But we were giving God our best on Sunday and giving the devil the rest Monday through Saturday. And that causes a problem. Because God would rather you give him your best all week long, giving him your heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving your neighbor as you love yourself all week long, not just for an hour of the week. And there's been a shift to where what we dress up and put on is not about putting on pretense, but to be authentically us that honors God wholly, that gives him our best all week long, that lives the same all through the time. Listen, friends, often in our own lives, what we justify and call our personality, God would often call immaturity. And I wonder what God has been trying to help you discover what has not been his best in your life that is an an element of immature faith and belief in him to help us live in a way that is more faithful and true to the witness of Jesus. I'm not here to build my reputation. I'm here to point people to Jesus. I'm here to live for him in every way possible. I think we can be authentic and tell the truth in a moment. I don't think having faith means that we have to pretend that situations don't exist or that we have to to talk in a way that ignores the pain that we're walking through. Or I think I can admit that I have a crummy day to some people and my friends where my day is absolutely sucketh. It sucketh. That's the New Testament Greek word for terrible. 
Like I can say, hey, how you doing? Oh, it actually is a pretty rough day. I can be authentic in a moment about what's going on without losing my hope that God, that Christ alone is my source and my sanctification, that he's the one who's gonna come through. I can be both acknowledging an authentic moment without sacrificing my hope and my faith and my belief. I can do both. I can be authentic about my pain, but still pursue the promises of God in my life. I think that's what an authentic believer looks like. I think it's okay to walk with brothers and sisters who are dealing with deep moments of pain in their life and they need to lament and they need to grieve and they need to walk with that. I think we can be honest about those things without forsaking the reality that God has given us a promise that is good and true and that he never leaves me and he never forsakes me and he's ever present. Because when I put on a pretense, even disguised as faith, it can still often come to God in a way of our own pride. And we miss out on his grace that we need actually in that moment of time. Friends, I'm calling us today to be an authentic people to admit our mistakes, to be people who speak honestly, who can be trusted with information without sharing it with someone else who it wasn't shared with them originally. I'm calling us to be people who spread encouragement, not falsehoods. I'm calling us to be a people who will be a faithful witness of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, in all of our world. I believe we need to be people who live no lies, who tell no lies, and who spread no lies because we are faithful witnesses of Jesus. This is what it looks like to practice hospitality, to be people who put away falsehood and instead speak truthfully, to be loving and gracious and welcoming to live a faith that is authentic before others. And when you screw up as a follower of Jesus, admit it. Because it's in our confession that we find the forgiveness and the grace and the hope and the humility that brings about his grace that moves us forward. Would you stand with me as we come to the table of the Lord? you to grab your communion elements and if you would here in the room go ahead and open up that top layer grab the little wafer hold on to it and you can then begin to open up that bottom layer and that next space and so you get to the juice and just if you wouldn't mind hold on to it Friends, we, we come to remember that we are members of the Lord's body. Paul wrote and he said, put away falsehood, speaking truthfully, because we are all members of the Lord's body. So as we take the bread, which represents his body that was beaten and broken, and we take the juice here in a minute, which represents his blood, which washes and forgives our sins, I think it's important that we pause 
And we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there any falsehood in me? Are there lies that I've been telling and living and believing that are causing me to not be a faithful witness to you, Jesus? Can you just pause and ask the Holy Spirit that question? Holy Spirit, is there any area where I'm not being authentic with you or with others? Is there something where I need to repent of lies and falsehoods and gossip? Just take a moment for the Lord. Colossians 3, 9 and 10 says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self and its practices. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and to become like him. Friends, Jesus gives us his spirit who empowers us to live the authentic witness, the faithful witness. You don't have to do it on your own. His spirit lives in you as a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've, you've never moved forward and you've never given your allegiance. You've never given your full fidelity and faith to Jesus. You've been doing it on your own. You've been trying to live your own way. You're living your own truth rather than following Jesus as the only truth. And maybe today you're ready to make a commitment to follow after him, to really repent and turn and walk after him. If that's you here in a minute, we're gonna, after we dismiss, our prayer team's gonna be over here to my left, your right. They'd love to pray with you and help you take your first steps in giving Jesus your full allegiance, letting him be your truth that you pursue and live out. Don't, don't, don't miss the moment. Take advantage of it. It's time to put off our old ways and put on the new way, which is Christ. As we take these communion elements, let's remember that we are partaking of his body and it's going into our body so that we can live as faithful witnesses embodying to the world around us the life of Jesus. We do so because his spirit animates it in us. We can receive of that today. One last verse, Revelations 12, 11 says, and they have defeated him, who's that? The enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, the, the word of their witness. That's how we overcome and win. Father, we take this bread and we take this juice. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us through your spirit this week to embody your life and your spirit and to be faithful witnesses this week. Now, would you help us not gossip this week? Would you help us to just let truth speak from our mouths and not have to add qualifiers like, let me tell you honestly, or can I be honest? Or maybe we just be honest. Not creating suspicion and separation in our relationships. And Lord, where we miss it, can we just come to you and get grace? Lord, today as we take of this, may it be the satisfaction that we need and the source of your spirit for us to live out this faithful testimony this week. Let's take the bread together. Now the juice. You just hang on to these cups and on your way out, our host will collect them from you. Let's pray 
together. Father, I, I pray for, for your family, your people. Lord, I've tried to be faithful to what you've put in my heart to share. And Lord, I ask that today you would help us to live no lies. You would help us to put away pretense and hypocrisy and falsehood. And Lord, help us to live with humility. Lord, help us to be faithful witnesses of Jesus. Holy Spirit, empower us to do it. To live as followers of Jesus, wholehearted devotion and allegiance to you and you alone. Help us to be authentic in that moment, God. A refreshing oasis of faith-filled authenticity. Lord, I pray a blessing over your people, my brothers, my sisters. May we go today in grace and peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If, if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.